Hello, and welcome to Sensual Relaxations with me, Jared, the host of the Indie Film Review. All right, uh, let me just get my yoga mat out here. and uh... You should already have your yoga mat out. That was weird. If you don't, you're probably a loser, like Dan. Mm. And breathe in. Think about your past trauma. And breathe out. <sighs> that trauma will never go away, ever. You'll have it with you. And breathe in. Especially Dan. <laughs> <sighs> I didn't tell you to breathe. <laughs> Excuse Stop me, sir. Breathing. You, well, you, yeah. you there, you there that is recording the yoga session. Yeah, what's wrong? What's at the bottom of the lake? Oh, it's all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. That's called comedy. Can you believe it? Some people might say it's, it isn't. Some people might say it isn't, you know? People would only would only get that if they watched all four oh, of yeah. the films. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Most of our bits revolve around the films we watch, so therefore they don't make any sense to anyone. But they're else still comedy. They watch the films, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will dispute that in a court of law. So, hi everybody, that's Dan. I'm Jared. We're here to review independent films. This is a short episode. Ooh, what are we on? It's either seventeen or eighteen. My God, we've done check. so many. We've done later. so many. <laughs> Only the baby Jesus knows. Uh, so no longs, longs, please. You know, get back in line. Hey, you know what that means, right? We can stay? That means you and me can stay all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. So anyways, Dan, today... Chodes. Mm. Mushrooms. <laughs> Clogwin, Frankie, The Bottom, and Trusted Hands are the four films we watched. Not yes. There's no film called Mushroom. It's so... Uh, first, we're going to talk about Clogwin, and then Frankie, and then The Bottom, and then Trusted Hands... Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for submitting films to us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm very excited to get into these films. Yes. We have a roller coaster of emotions we're, we're about to go through, Dan. Oh, yes. Uh, we have to take this very seriously and just cut the games, okay? Cut okay. the bullshit. I don't know how, how long we can do that for, but we'll try. <laughs> for at least 10 seconds. Um, okay, so the first film was sent to us by George Vick. And that is Clogwin. I'm not sure if George. I'm. Sh I'm. I'm guessing he's a part of the film. Taking a poop in my pants. Well, it is a 30 minute YouTube video. You can go and watch short film. It's done by Vex Gems Productions. If you want to go look it up, uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure George Vick is the director. Dan, can you confirm yes. this? Yes or no? Yes, he is. He's also Godfrey. Vince in Elden Ring? No. Oh. Oh, that's is that Godric? Oh no, my nerd cred out the window. God Godfrey Vince Rollins was he's the guy that was was he the bald guy? I think so. I wonder. I don't remember the name of the bald guy. It might be. It might be Godfrey. In any case, <laughs> Dan, what is Clogwin about? Clogwin is about a man who okay. is Canadian born. He goes to um, where in the Europe does he go to? He goes to a country in Europe. Was it, was it UK? So I thought it was from Denmark to the UK. 
but this guy, the main character is Canadian because yeah. he does sound. Yeah, the main character is Canadian. He 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 has a job that he travels for into the UK. He's a uh, probation officer, basically, and he also has a gambling addiction and a family. And the general idea of this is gambling addictions destroy lives. It is a heavy topic yes. to cover yes, this type of like addiction and whatnot. Uh, oh, so by the way, we're just going to probably spoil a lot of this unless we explicitly state it, you know, uh, prior. We're probably just going to spoil it because they're short. Oh, I'm going to spoil the whole thing. Okay. He dies. And I, I mean, like for the other films as well. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're interested in these and we explain it, and you're like, okay, then go check it out before we start talking because we're going to talk now. I already spoiled it. Too late. Jesus Christ. So he is a parole officer, right? Why does he have to travel for work when he just does Skype calls with all of his clients? I think what happened is he, he traveled to work and then he met somebody while he was over there and he started a family with them. I'm not 100% sure because you're right. Like every every single client he has or or you wouldn't call them clients. I don't know what you would call them. Um, parolees. Yeah, it's all over Skype. I don't know. This felt like a COVID movie because a lot of this was. Oh, definitely COVID movie. People talking on Skype back and forth. And I think this movie did a good job. There's a lot of scenes where the main character's like in his flat. It's a very, very small apartment. And they're filming these very interesting shots with just no room to mm-hmm. put the camera. Absolutely no room. So I really commend them for that. And they do try to do some cutaways instead of just showing the two shots. I'm yeah. like, here's a side view of the character and whatever, whatever. That's I think that works pretty well. Um, it's just there are certain things. I don't know if it was because I didn't understand some of the dialogue because of the dialect. Mm-hmm. But there were there were definitely some words people were using I didn't get, just being a, an American and, and not understanding a lot of the lingo. I just kind of felt a little lost watching this film. How do, how do you feel? I, I did too, but for a different reason. I think what my, my hangup was is the stakes weren't high enough. I mean, excuse the, the metaphor in terms of it being a gambling movie. I didn't feel like there was any immediate danger because I didn't really get that much gambling. I mean, I know he was gambling on sports games. Yeah. But we didn't really get a sense of urgency of the negativity of all that. Like, we didn't get him hitting rock bottom. We didn't get him, um, you know, just being down and out because he lost. Yeah, it felt like the negative effects were he dies off screen and then his family goes to move in with him. And then the sad part is they don't know. And that that was pretty, I did like the ending. I just didn't feel the weight of the situation until the very end, I guess. But we don't even know like how he died or why he died. Well, I just assumed he committed suicide, yeah. It was confusing. But then I, I still don't understand why he's in the UK for work when his wife and family are in Denmark, like he could just do his job there. Maybe he was trying to separate himself on purpose so he could keep doing his gambling addiction. Mm. But then my other question to you is what is the wife's job? She seemed to be his secretary. I thought she was his psychiatrist at one point when we first introduced the character Mm -hmm. and he was talking to the lady with the wine. And I'm like, is this, is this like his therapist or something? 
And I'm like, oh, it's his wife. And he just seems to have such like disdain for her. He really mm-hmm. hates her. Yeah. I'm just like, what is going on here? But then we have, um, what is his name? So there's Carl, who's the main character. Then Godfrey, who is the like parolee guy who's like smoking weed and oh, mm-hmm. he's trying to get his life together. Or so Godfrey is th- that is the director and writer. Okay, cool. That's cool. He was the best character too. <laughs> how did he? How was he talking on Skype with? the main character's wife because like she also became a parolee no she was like his secretary or something like that's what she said whenever they were talking it's like oh i'm taking the secretary of the drug dealer no the secretary of the carl carl yeah oh (laughs) okay all right so then was there a revelation in there that i didn't understand was carl's wife and godfrey they were talking does she somehow learn through their conversation that her husband maybe has a gambling addiction. Maybe. Yeah. That wasn't quite clear. Because the, the very next scene she goes and looks through their finances and she's like, Oh shit, I can't believe this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then at the end she feels like she's like so excited to like move into their new place. And blah. It, it felt like she was covering her tracks because she crosses his name out on a piece of paper. Like she has just killed him. And now she's covering her tracks with this fake phone call. But then there's a bunch of other people's names on that paper and she's crossed them off too. And there's more men on the. So I'm like, wait, is this movie about gambling addiction or is this woman a serial killer who like tricks people into gambling debt? I, I, there were just so many things in this. I really didn't, they weren't clicking for me as in terms of like what was going on in the story. And I am a dumb American. You are. I will say that and admit it. Incredibly dumb. I feel like that though makes a really interesting plot. it is but i don't but if that was what they were going for i don't think it was conveyed very well well what i got out of it was just the the idea that he he's down on his luck because he lost so much and then he ends up committing suicide and his family doesn't know about it and they're all happy to move in with him and then they're gonna find out that he's dead so it's really sad okay i don't know i don't know i'm I'm feeling mixed so i want to leave things on a good note I'll, i'll tell you some good stuff and then one scene that i I think they could fix. I thought the music was very good in this. I thought the cuts and the pacing were pretty solid. It, especially in the beginning, it was like moving pretty quickly through and it, we were uh, like good establishing. I, it was so well done in that really tiny apartment. I thought they did really good. A couple other things. I thought they could have shown actual footage of these, these matches mm-hmm. and then like cut with him. Cause like, Showing like the screen reflecting off of his face while he's watching it and then cutting to the game. Just like find a pre-canned game or something. Like get us like more invested and involved with exactly what is going on with that to make us feel the the adrenaline rush of like yeah. winning or losing or something. So just more involvement with that. I know that would be difficult and harder to do. Uh, another thing is at 308, there is a weird like lost frame in there. Where it's just, there's like one frame of a scene that shouldn't have been there. Like the Dick and Fight Club? Yes, yeah, the Dick and Fight Club, but uh, (laughs) sadly there was no penis in that frame. I did stop it and and inspect it quite thoroughly. Mm. Uh, uh, No no erect mans. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, that's one small thing. That's about it. That is a mural in my room, actually. Ah, disgusting, you disgusting (laughs) bastard. Uh, Dan, closing thoughts for you. What do you, what do you say? Any, any highlights, any lowlights? I don't know. It's just like, it's interesting that you were still feeling COVID in a lot of these films and like Ugh, you forever. 
forever just, we will. Not not saying like it's a bad thing. It's just it's an interesting like sociological phenomenon in the realm of indie fin- indie films. It's like this really interesting moment in history mm-hmm. that like people years from now are going to look back on it and going to be like, why is it this whole thing in Skype? And then we start to like realize that, or yeah. if you really do the research, you're like, oh, they couldn't go anywhere. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting how films again, hold up a mirror to society. Yeah. I think it is commendable that people still wanted yeah. to make, films awesome. during covid and how difficult and like people don't feel safe and you know all that stuff so you want to make a film go do it just go do it what do you got to lose and the more you do the better it'll get and the you know the more powerful you'll become you're basically like dragon ball z characters yeah. i think that's how that works right mm-hmm. you get knocked down and then you get back up again that's from the famous <laughs> you're never gonna bring me down yeah, you're never going to bring me down. Then That's like episode 16 of and a Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's when Goku teaches Krillin how to get shit-faced. I remember that. <laughs> so... There you go. That's that's Glogwin. Wow, we're really good at reviewing films, Dan. I feel like we're so we're getting better all the time. Every day. It's only taken us like 200 episodes. What are we on? Oh, God. I don't even know. <laughs> all right. Next, uh, two films were sent to us by the same person, David Gibbs of Dar Publicity. And the first film is Frankie. The second film is The Bottom. And I just want to say thank you, David. Yes. Thank you so much. Indeed. Please send us anything and everything you have, please. Because I'll spoil it right now. These two films blew me away. So they are written and directed by James Kautz. Yes, K-A-U-T-Z. And Kautz also starred as the uh, naked man in the bottom. Yes. Where is Frankie not on IMDb? Yeah, it should be there. Yeah, James Couts. So he wrote, directed both, and um, he he's he's a a tour. Wow. Um, Powerhouse. I let's just like let's tackle them like we're tackling them and like kind of bring them both up at the same time. The the bottom was amazing. The, the bottom is so good just from the get go from the onset. Oh, just chef's kiss. Then Frankie builds and builds and builds, and also Frankie. Frankie has a friendly face in it. I'm like, why do I know this oh, guy? And okay. his name is Richard Massour. He is he he plays Gerald, the the older guy who's kind of like in charge of the group a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy from the thing. He was Clark in the thing. What? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding no. me? He was also um, one of the grown. He was the grown up that dies and gets his head in the fridge in it. Ah. Oh. I didn't know we were with royalty. Yes, Dan. exactly. Holy now, shit. Jack, how long was Clark alone with the dogs? <laughs> Watch Clark. Watch him. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Okay, wait, Dan, before we go any further, please tell us what Frankie is about and what okay, the bottom Frankie. is about. Okay, Frankie. Oh, yeah, I'm, I got my heart on for Richard Massour. I'm too I, busy. Dude, not... I got a Massour on right now, my friend. And that's not a dinosaur we all forgot. <laughs> Frankie is interesting. It's It's about a transgender man who interrupts a man. A men's AA. Yeah. Kind of AA, like a, a step meeting of sorts. It's it's not really 
AA. It's it's but it's it's a group therapy session. Okay, kind of. before you go any further, I don't want to spoil Frankie. That's what I'll say right okay. now. I don't think we should spoil no. it. So this person interrupts this to crash the meeting for a reason because they know somebody there. Mm-hmm. We'll say that, and it is intense. It starts off a little feels like it's preachy a little bit like it it has a rocky start i think because of it being a hot button issue if that makes any sense but whenever it really gets into the dialogue and like you know the dialogue is important you it 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 really a heavy load just just falls right into the the middle of this men's meeting it's and like the setting up like a men's meeting and then a transgender man coming in and wanting to speak at that. Like it's just, it's so full of masculinity. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to confront the masculinity by saying that I deserve a place in it. it it's, it's so, so awesome. What was so cool. So it, when you go to the link that we were sent for this film, it is on YouTube, but there is a website page for it. And there's a little Q and a, and I was reading through it after watching it. They talk about how they specifically chose a gambit of different types of men mm-hmm. from very masculine yeah. to very uh, not masculine. And just how well that group all meshes together almost into one complete character. Yeah. But what what really, really fascinated me about this was um, it is it is a diverse group of men because it's not like so. So this person comes in and um, wants to speak. Yeah. They're like, I, I should have the time to speak because I, I want time to speak. I, I'm here to speak. Uh, give me time to speak. And everybody's like, oh, can we go home? And then they take a vote. Should we let this person speak? And you would think that a group full of men are going to be like, no, this is ridiculous. But there are people on this person's side. And that was awesome. Like the fact that they're mm-hmm. like, hey, um, yeah, I want to hear this person speak, even though like, I don't care that we have three minutes left. Let her- well, some of them were just like, listen, we only have like 10 minutes left. We're causing such a commotion. We're wasting our time. Just let her sit. Cause they didn't, they didn't, they weren't really sure if she was gonna, she said she just wanted to listen at first. Here's what I'll say. I thought you're right. This film is just a, a slow, uh, rise on a roller coaster mm-hmm. until we crescendo and just like the most amazing thing ever. And that rise going up is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's it was difficult to watch it at times. Yeah. It made for a bit. It makes you think the main character who's coming in. I'm like, this person's being so rude. Why are they being this way? What's going on? Do they have an alcohol addiction that they really want to you know work through? Like, what are the ulterior motives? Why are some people acting the way they are? Um, and it's just it's going and going. And you kind of just don't know whose side to be on for certain things. And then once you figure out why this person is here and what they've come to say, it's so powerful. I had goosebumps Mm -hmm. all over my body and I fucking lost it. I was like, this is so good. I watched it again. Mm -hmm. I don't normally watch like short films again, but I went and I'm like, I have to see this again, knowing what I know. It's a totally different experience when you watch it again and you already understand what the film is about. Um, and it fucking blew me away. It's absolutely a contender for short film of the year for us, for me. My contender for short film of the year is, uh, so far, uh, The Bottom. Because oh, it is... Oh, yeah. It is 
right up in my wheelhouse in terms of narrative because it's an ambiguous narrative that doesn't quite end and it's very dreamlike and nightmare-like. It's really cool and the atmosphere is it's just a cool, cool, like cool as in temperature cool. Like it, it looks like it's a cold, like it's set in the cold. So basically there's this, it, it opens on a naked man being held at gunpoint in a lake and if that image does not immediately get you to watch it, that's, I, I don't know. You, you need to, you need to reevaluate your life. Anyway. <laughs> you know that, you know that meme where it shows like the guy in the, the raccoon skin hat and it zooms in on him and he nods mm-hmm. at the camera. It, it looks like that's the guy who's holding him at gunpoint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a mountain man has caught, has caught his prey. You kind of learn along the way through the dialogue between the guy who's holding the gun and the guy who is naked in the in the lake that they are best friends or they were best friends at one point. And um, you learn a little bit about their conflicts along the way. I, I feel like I have to spoil this one. So it is a dream of sorts, or it is like this, it, it, maybe not call it a dream. It is this weird ethereal plane in which this man with the gun is confronting all the people who he perceived wrong him in the, in the past. And we it are seems just like he, he is physically confronting his own traumas. Yes. But also he is like burying them. Yeah. Like the act of them, burying right? them yes. at the bottom of a lake yes. that could be pushing them down. Yeah to like hide them and suppress them. I don't know if it's really that kind of confronting where like, it's a good positive thing. It's almost like I want all of this to just kind of, I don't ever want to see it again. It's in the lake at the bottom. Well, yeah. I, you, you're Fuck totally it. right there. Like I didn't mean to make it seem like it, that's what I was talking about. It's definitely not a positive thing. It's like, it's very shrouded in this is too much. I'm going to kill it once and for all. But if, if anybody who's experienced trauma realizes that that's not how trauma works, trauma reemerges all the time. But it's just like the dialogue in it, it's like, it's fucked up. <laughs> like um, the writing of James is so fantastic. <laughs> I mean, there's a line where one of the, uh, the, the naked characters, like I want to bite your eye. He says something wild like that. Here's my only note I wrote for the, the bottom. I wrote amazing in all caps yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's no critique. I have no critiques on this. Everything was perfect. Frankie, Everything was perfect. Ending. Music. This guy knows how editing, to end stuff, Acting. Man. Endings. Beginnings. Fucking flawless victory. I won't, okay? I won't spoil the ending of, of the bottom, but I think it is fantastic. It's what makes it really feel very dreamlike. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. It's so good. I would like to do a sequel called The Top, and it's going to be a little more risque than I think yeah. uh, what what James was going for, but I think he'll me sitting on a stool. (laughs) I think he'll appreciate it. (laughs) That's a sex joke, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? I think we did good about the bottom because there is a little bit more to it. Yeah. And I think I want to save that for people. Go check out James Couts Vimeo. Go check out his YouTube. Please go look this up. I beg you. I'm begging you right now on my hands and knees. And if you want to send us any more films, please send them to us. All right. Next film. Trusted Hands. Trusted Hands by the great Matthew Kyle Levine. Matthew Kyle Levine. The only man with three names to ever exist. 
Matthew Kyle Levine is coming off the coming off the winter streak with his short film Henry winning our award last time, and or was it best? What an act? honor and a privilege it must be for him. I already forgot our awards. Was it? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I don't know what we did. All I know is we honored him. Uh, I mean, it's he did very prestigious. Job. And it's so important. I just want to bring Henry back up again because he took cues from Henry. Maybe, maybe he took cues from me. Why? Whenever, or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he had maybe already he was directly this. influenced by yes. you. And this film was actually an homage to you. Yes. It was so, actually so basically. For you. I said that Henry's um, sound design is fantastic because all he was doing was just experimenting. This yeah. film, Trusted Hands. It is fantastic, but it's less experimenting, but still very avant-garde and weird. Avant-garde? Avant-garde. <laughs> avant-garde. <laughs> avant-garde, Bubba. No, I honestly, I feel like, I feel like this is a spiritual sequel yes. to Henry. Yes, 100%. In terms of tone and how I felt mm-hmm. going in, and it was another weird roller coaster ride this one i felt was more disturbing though. fucking disturbing because yes you really feel this sense of isolation and it, it comes directly from the establishing shots so he found this amazing like i don't know what do you call it a farmhouse yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. Like this, this farmhouse is always pictured like in a frame within a frame like it's it's framed by the trees and the trees are yeah. then framed by the camera itself so it's like it's really making it's forcing you to look at this this big farmhouse and like this in in a way that makes it look tiny and it's this girl who's there and she's she's doing this yoga stuff that we were making fun of before and um you don't quite know why she's there but you know it's for a reason that she's just trying to escape from something like it's it's that sense of dread that sense of like it almost it feels like she's there to heal yes. from something. Yes. And it's again about but trauma. The sound and doesn't let you heal. The sound is so ominous and disturbing. He takes the most mundane things like your mom calling you and telling oh you about God. some stupid game she played with her friends. And he makes it the most he disturbing thing I've ever heard. did that twice. It's the same <laughs> goddamn dialogue. And I ate and it, it up. Amazing. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> It was even more disturbing the second yes. time. Yes. I love the narration. Yes. So there is this self-help narration going on that we referenced is in the beginning. Is it really of this though episode. because at one point it gets really creepy. You don't know. Like You're it's, not it's almost sure. like it's referencing the woman specifically. It's it's so Yes, weird. it absolutely does that. So in the beginning you think she's listening to it on her computer or whatever, but then later on it starts to really say some shit that Yeah. For a lack of a better word, wild. And you, it almost makes you think, wait, is this her inner monologue? Is this her in her head, you know? Or is this some other thing there? And that's what's so fun about it, is wondering, like, what is going on? And when it starts to take that sexual tone mm-hmm. with the narrator, mm-hmm. who's like, and then I'm rubbing all over your body. Oh. And I'm like, wait, is this the trauma? Is this good or is this bad and i'm like i feel uncomfortable like i don't understand what's happening right now um and of course there is a masturbation scene in this of course, there has uh, to be there has to be it's mandatory for any independent film and uh it, i thought it was so well done and it fit perfectly with this film and then, okay so and it was just i was terrified the 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 conversation so the mom leaving a message it's like 
this is exactly what the message is. I want I want you to try to imagine this if you haven't seen the movie yet. Imagine your parents trying to explain to you what you already know Cards Against Humanity is. <laughs> Because that's what the conversation, that's that whole message. It's just, she's explaining the rules of cards against humanity. And you're like, what, what the fuck is she, what is going on? But it's the, it's the mundanity yes. of it, Dan. Yes. It's her listening to it. And then you're wait, you're like, wait a minute. Is she listening to a voice message of her mom? Was she having a conversation? No, Did something happen to her mom? Mm. And now she's listening to it. And that could be part of the trauma. You don't know. You're not really sure what's going on. Because it feels like this message is a torment to her. It's yeah. like driving her a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And another thing I really liked about this film was the dissolves. Oh my yes. god. In the playfulness with the black screen? Mm-hmm. How fun was that? So, okay, throughout the film, the film would be like, now close your eyes. And then the screen will go black. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking to you. And it'll come back. And he'll use it as like little transitions. And it, it's just so artfully done. How amazing is it? Because I was still 100% hooked and interested in what was going on in the screen. When the screen was completely black. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do you even do that, right? You're like, yeah, I'll keep watching this. <laughs> There's nothing on the screen. Um, Dan, I need to ask you a question. Did you meditate during this film when the guy was telling you to do stuff? Did you do it? No. You didn't? Should I have? I don't know. I was act- he was like, breathe in. I was like, okay. And then I would do that. And he's like, now feel the earth. And I was like, I was actually getting really relaxed. So I was kind of following along with the film. So then when it got really scary and not uh... fun, I was like, done. I'm done doing this. I'm not imagining this. Like it, it broke me out of it so hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, what a strange experience. Oof. Another excellent film. Another contender, for sure. Like, it's... Matthew Kyle Levine. Wow. Yeah, this and Henry. Just just so good. So, I love his the direction he's going right now. It's really cool from what we've seen so far. <sighs> All right. That's enough words for one day. What do you think? Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. That is how we got these wonderful films. Um, yeah. Talk about us. That's right, baby. I, uh, if you like this show, what, Dan? What were you going to say? We just got an email from from a representative from that site that randomly made us number eight in the top 15 indie film review things. Like, Are you kidding? You no, know, we got an email that said, "Hey, by the way, you're on this list." <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! So, and 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 he told us he told us it would be helpful <laughs> for you to share it on your socials. It's like, do you know how many people follow us? <sighs> you know what? Honestly, when I saw it, I was very happy, oh, and so it did happy. make me proud care. that we were on a list. I think that's so cool. I thought an AI made that, but then we got emailed by somebody. <laughs> I'm glad it was a human being who put it together. I really appreciate that. That's super cool. Um, fuck. Anyways, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, to the people who've like stuck with us and, you know, wow, super cool. And everyone who's submitted their films to us, it just like blows me away, the creativity and, and uh, just how hard everybody's out there hustling. I fucking respect that hustle. God damn. Uh, so, yeah, thanks again. Daniel, the final word. An AI made this podcast. Fuck. He's not wrong. <laughs>